Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Great to be in church. A bit fresh this morning. We're warmed up now. It's so good to worship. I just love the presence of God. It warms your spirit and soul, doesn't it? And uh, as Marilyn was sharing, he'll never let us down. That's a word for some of us today. Maybe you're facing challenges. There's great uh, health challenges or crisis in your family, but God will never let us down. And he says, just keep trusting, keep believing, keep reaching out to him because he is the source of all life. Father, I just thank you for your living word. Let it speak to us now. You are so good, Lord. Your mercy and your love endures forever. And I pray your word will just burn in our hearts now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow, this week is 24-7 prayer week. And that's a great time to uh, uh, press into God. And many of you uh, sign up for a half-hour time slot. And I think we've got all the, all the uh, areas for the whole week covered. And uh, But if you want to pray and you're not signed up, that's fine. Just pick a half-hour slot and really want you to press in in prayer. And also last Sunday night, Pastor Peter preached a great message on the power of corporate prayer. He wants us to personally pray, but there's something happens when two or more get together and we pray and seek God together. There's power release. There's power in unity. There's authority happens and our spirits get stirred. So today I want to read a passage from Colossians chapter 1. And just look at some of the the truths and keys of how to pray and what to pray. Because some of you say, let's pray. And some of you think, well, I run out of words after two minutes. How can you talk about half an hour of prayer? That's that's just too big. So today we're going to look at some scriptures that are going to help you to be more effective and focused in your prayer and your relationship with God. Colossians 1 verses 3 to 14. We always thank God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. Now, you've got to remember, the Apostle Paul's writing this. He's in prison, locked up because he's been preaching and uh, serving God. And so not sure whether he's going to get out, whether he's going to live, or whether he's going to be killed in prison. So for him to be writing this, the way he is from in a prison cell really stirs my heart. I think, wow, if he could write this in prison with an uncertain future, God, this will help us to live passionate and free lives. It goes on and says, The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You realize there's more Christians alive today than has ever been throughout history. And uh, in countries like ours where probably less than 15% of people go to church regularly, we sometimes forget that there's an amazing move of God happening all over the world. There are over 2 billion people that are followers of Jesus Christ. And we've got to realize that God's up to some amazing things. And our nation, our turn's coming where this nation is going to be shaken. And God's Spirit, He wants to teach us how to pray and share the love of God because His Spirit is at work powerfully. It goes on and says, You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who's a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, 
So we've read those verses. For this reason, heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light." For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the sunny loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, if you are watching and reading through there, there's quite a number of attitudes God speaks to us through Paul about prayer and things to pray for. Equip us better in our prayer journey and our relationship with God. It's awesome to have Azaria in church for the first time. Congratulations um, to... Uh, uh, Aaron and Jemima for their beautiful little girl. God bless you. Let's uh, give them blessing and welcome to church. God is so good. Our church is growing in all sorts of ways. We had uh, th- uh, four people respond to Jesus in the first service this morning. God's drawing hungry hearts and changing lives. And uh, the Amplified also um, describes some powerful thoughts. We won't read it all, but I just want to read the first couple of verses in the Amplified in Colossians 1.3. It says, We continually give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as we are praying for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. The leaning of your entire human personality on Him in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Wow. So when we're praying, it's not just about our spirit. Prayer is a spiritual activity, but our whole being needs to engage, as Troy was sharing today. It says our entire personality, our whole being, our soul, our mind, our heart, our attitudes, our desires. And often we have our bodies involved. That's why some people um, walk around when they're praying. Some people lift their hands. Some people kneel. My knees don't do that well on kneeling anymore. I used to do lots of it. I love walking and praying. I just find I get focused in, in walking and praying. So when I come and do a prayer meeting here on Tuesday mornings, I, uh, I sometimes walk about two kilometers around the church while I'm praying, get my fitness as well as pray. So our body's involved and uh, with our whole prayer focus. So when we look at here, how do we pray? Paul gives us four key things on how to pray, and then we'll look at some of the things of what to pray. Because sometimes when you say pray, you run out of words, but the Holy Spirit's here to help us. So number one, it says, give thanks to God. Thanksgiving is a great way to start praying, and is a great attitude to have in your lives, not just when you pray. He starts this passage and finishes it with thanksgiving. Something happens when you start to thank God. As Shane Willard taught us on Wednesday night, you can't be thanking God and grumbling at the same time. It's just really different. It's like trying to laugh and cry at the same time. It just doesn't work real well. Our bodies aren't designed to do that. So when you are thanking God, it's really hard to be also grumbling and complaining at the same time. So if you want to have a growing relationship with God and your prayers to be effective, Thanksgiving is a really, really good place to start. Thank you for all the amazing things he is and does and has done and all that he, he has accomplished in our lives. So give thanks to God. Great place to start. 
Number two, in verse 9, it says, ask God. Verse 9, there in uh, that uh, passage, it says, ask and you will receive. It says, from the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you or ask. The Bible says in James, we have not because we ask not. And it's so easy to think, well, I don't deserve it. Or some people think, well, God's just pretty busy. He's got about six billion people to look after on this planet. And I talk to some people, why didn't you ask God or pray about that? Oh, I thought God would be a bit busy. Or this is only a really small thing, so I'll sort it out myself. And it doesn't work that way. We get overwhelmed and burdened. And we need to ask. And I was thinking about, it's like a child at school and they've got an excursion coming up and they just need to get $5 and they need to get their parent form signed. And maybe that child thinks, well, mum and dad are pretty busy and I know we don't have much spare money. Excursions on is left at the classroom with someone or they're in the library with someone looking after them and everyone else has gone out on that awesome excursion and they can get really angry and upset and annoyed. But whose fault was it they didn't get there? It was theirs because they didn't ask the parent for the $5 and signing the form. And sometimes we get that like that with God. We get annoyed and upset when we don't have God's peace or we don't have his wisdom or whatever it is for us or people around us. And sometimes it's just because we didn't ask in simple faith. And asking, God says, you will receive. And in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, it says, Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be opened to you. Verse 8, For everyone who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. So when, when it says ask and you receive, it's actually the present continuous tense. Ask and keep on asking. Not that God's deaf, but sometimes in the asking process, we change and get positioned to receive the answer. Sometimes God deals with our attitudes of judgment or lack or unworthiness. So in the praying and seeking and knocking, we are changing and God's preparing the people or the other people ready to receive the answer. So it's, it's not wrong to ask and keep on asking. There are times when you ask God for something and he says, just ask me once, I've heard it and it's on its way. And you've got that total peace, that's fine, just thank him for the answer. But other times you ask and keep on asking and keep believing. And God says, I will provide. So let's not be like that child who uh, doesn't ask and then they miss out on the excursion and they feel rejected and alone just because they didn't ask. And God's reminding us and, and Paul says, oh, just ask. Ask and you will receive. Many people don't ask because they don't feel worthy or important enough. Wow. They don't think, well, I'm good enough or I'm spiritual enough or I've made some mistakes and I'm, I've really blown it. So we don't ask. But in verse 12 there, it says, giving thanks to God who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. The Bible says that in Jesus you are qualified because you're a son or a daughter of God. 
And so the enemy's just disobeyed God or you've just got busy and forgot to include him in your world. You think, oh, I'm, I'm not qualified enough, so I won't pray and ask for that anymore. The enemy's really good at heaping that condemnation on us. But Jesus has come to set us free. So we are qualified. We are in relationship with God. Thirdly, we're going to pray with faith, believing that God will answer. Colossians 1, 4 in the Amplified says, Faith in Christ Jesus, <coughs> the leaning of our entire personality on Him in abundant, absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom and goodness. So we've got to come believing. There's no point coming and believing. A child comes up to their parents asking for a, a biscuit or a lolly or a hot or a cold drink because they're fairly confident they're probably going to get it unless they've already had three before and it's, it's, it, they've had too much. But a child will come because they know their parent wants their best. And so we've got to come with a faith and a confidence that God does answer our prayer. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. That sounds like not just a flippant, well, God, help me. Is it, there's a seeking. There's a desire. There's a crying out of your heart saying, God, I ask in faith. And fourthly, if you want to get answers in prayer, the Apostle Paul says, continue to keep praying. Continue to keep praying. And I remember when I first became a Christian, and we're in this youth group, and I'd never prayed publicly, because I was a bit shy back then. It's hard to believe, but I was. And someone came up with a bright idea that we were going to pray around the circle, and everyone had to pray out loud. And I'm just, I'm just freaking out, because I'm really shy. And I think, I don't know what to say. I was a I was only a teenager. I thought, what am I going to say? And I remember just going through all the things in your head and your mind and, and then all the things you thought of praying, the three people before you prayed them. I thought, well, I can't say what they did because I think I'm just repeating it. And you go through this whole journey as a teenager. And I can't remember what I prayed, but I know it was pretty short and it was pretty nervous. <coughs> but God's wanting you to reach out. I haven't stopped praying since. Because confidence grows. <clears throat> and you know that God's hearing your prayer. And then he'll, in the early in your stage, isn't it amazing how God gives specific answers? When you're a new Christian, you drive in the, and the car parks full, say, God, give me a park. And someone just pulls out right in front of you and you're just straight in. And, uh, you know, you, you need something and you pray and you've hardly even said the prayer. And before you know it, there's the answer and it's there. And then as you grow in your faith a bit more, he doesn't always give it to you just as easily because he wants you to grow in trust and maturity and confidence. And as Shane was, Willow was sharing on Thursday night, he wants us to be responsible. Sometimes we're asking God for stuff that he's told you to do. And we get upset when, when we pray and ask God to help us. And he says, well, you get up and do something. If you're praying for provision, get up and go and get a job. Don't just ask God to provide if you're not willing to be diligent to do things. And God says, I want you to get better relationships in your family. So you're praying and asking. God says, I've already told you to forgive and show kindness. So he won't answer things that he's already told you to do. He'll just remind you of that over and over again. And that's how awesome is our God. So to pray continually is the fourth one. So we had give thanks to God, ask with faith and continue praying. But what are we to pray for? This is Really good. Verses 9 to 12 gives us about seven or eight things, actually nine, which we'll run through very quickly. 
So we won't be here for the next three hours. We'll be, we'll be done these in about uh, 10 or 12 minutes. Number one, if you go to verse 9, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. What's God's will? It's written in His Word. The Holy Spirit will lead you. That business decision, that relationship decision, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. Now these nine things can be things that you pray for yourself or they are keys to help you pray more effectively for your family, friends, our church, our community, whatever. So number one, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. How awesome it is when you're in your sweet spot and you're doing God's will. There's just a flow. You're in the right spot. How horrible it is when you're doing a job that you hate and everyone hates you doing it because you're not good at it. Life's just terrible. But when you get into a, a job or a career where you're functioning with your gifting and there's a flow happening, when you're in ministry and you're serving, there's just a flow happening in your life and it is so fulfilling. You think, wow, this is awesome. I shared last week about learning to flow in what God's called us to do. Number two, to be filled with wisdom. What's wisdom? Wisdom is not just information and knowledge. You can get plenty of that on the internet, on Wikipedia, whether that's trustworthy or not. You can get knowledge and information. We're on information overload because we can Google anything and everything and sometimes it just messes with our heads, you know. We self-diagnose ourselves when we've got a pain somewhere and that can be pretty, pretty scary. And uh, if you're not careful, you think I'm about to die from some terminal illness and all you've got is a headache. So be careful on self-diagnosis. So wisdom is not just information knowledge. It's knowing what to do and how and when to do it. That's what wisdom is. And God is very good at helping us with wisdom. Number three. Paul prayed to fill you with understanding and discernment of spiritual things. <coughs> how awesome is it when all of a sudden it clicks and you just know what to do, how to do it, and you make a decision or choice and things flow. It just takes a whole lot of stress and striving out of life. And we can pray for that. Number four, Paul prayed that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Wow, when you're just at peace with God and peace with people around you, life is so exciting. You can't wait to jump out of bed every morning. You can't wait to, it's, it's, life's an adventure. But there are times when it's not an adventure, it's hard work because there's challenges, there's overwhelming need, there's pain, there's pressure. But God's there to help us. Number five, he prayed to bear fruit in every. God wants us to be fruitful. He loves our lives to be really really fruitful and there's just a flow if you're a counselor you just find that God gives you wisdom how to help people and and if you're a mechanic you can fix up things that everyone else has sort of said just throw it out that won't work anymore if you're a computer IT technician you can someone says my computer's not working within about three minutes you've diagnosed it and fixed it and we've been trying for months to sort out how to do that God's different skills he wants our lives to be fruitful I love growing fruit trees because I was brought up on a farm. But where we live, our soil's not very good at Uringan, mixture of clay and sand. And I've desperately tried to grow pawpaws. 17 years we've lived on that block. I have watered them. I have planted them. They've died. I've mulched them. I've done everything I can find. I've put them in the sun or the shade. This year, we ate our first three pawpaws in 17 years. 
Boy, did we savour those. They were so sweet and beautiful. The ground's not good there. And I want my life to be more fruitful and once every 17 years getting a, a breakthrough. I've had banana trees there. Had lots of banana trees there. I think I've got two small bunches with about six scrawny bananas on it in 17 years. That's how bad it is. Sure, I don't water them enough and mulch them enough. But our lives shouldn't be like that. There should be a fruit and a flow. And we can pray for our own lives and for those around that our lives will be fruitful. That there'll be a flow. We've had plenty of mangoes. Some things I've done well. We've always got big crops of mangoes. Those trees will grow in anything. And... Uh, other things we've got, passion fruits and, and other things. But God wants our life to be bearing fruit in every good work. Number six, Paul prayed to grow in the knowledge of God. To keep growing. They say if you stop growing, you start dying. In your mind, in your attitudes. That's why I love reading. I love talking to people, asking them questions. Tell me how that works. I want to understand. I love talking to new people and finding out how things work in their world. And it builds great relationships. Number seven, he prayed to be sour in his glorious might. So God wants you to pray for increased power and might and strength. And that's what God wants to give us in our lives. And he tells us to pray for leaders, for governments, for kings, for those in authority. Some of them in our nation need a bit of prayer. Right? Pray for our leaders. It also says to pray for your pastors and leaders. Thank you for so many that pray for us every day or regularly. And for Marilyn and I and for our pastoral team and for our life group leaders and our department leaders and ministry leaders. There is power in praying. And you can pray these sorts of things over one another, our leaders. Pray into them. Pray over your family. The blessing that comes in our hearts and our lives. The last two, it says to pray to have great endurance and patience. Great endurance and patience. We just give up too quick. We, most of us just give up too quick. I believe God wants us to pray and keep on praying and believe and keep on believing until we see the breakthroughs. That might be a week, a month, a year or 25 years. My mum was a prayer. My mum was an absolute prayer. And I remember, I've shared this before, but we brought up on a farm and, uh, and we'd six kids, I was the second youngest. So after all the feedings happened and cleaning up and whatever, we'd be supposed to get down and do our homework and my mum would go and find a quiet spot, which was the car outside in the garage. I remember we were up near Toowoomba, so, but she would pray and we'd hear her praying out there for an hour or two nearly every night after she'd done all the other chores. And so we're supposed to be doing our homework and we were sneaking in watching telly. You'd hear her praying for her kids. God bless them. May they do well at school. And you think, oh, okay, we better get back and do our homework. She'd be praying for missionaries. She prayed for all of us kids that we would grow up in the ways of the Lord. Myself and two of my brothers ended up being pastors and others have served and all of them have served in various ways. And, and I just think, God, she just refused to give up. She would just pray. We had all the normal challenges of a household, just praying and refusing to give up. And I want to encourage you, just keep on asking, keep on praying. If you've got family members, you've got a difficult workplace, don't give up praying. 
We know people live by their choices. But when you keep asking God, he's got many, many ways to influence people's hearts and lives. Many supernatural things can happen. God can have some angels stationed at the, the, the streets, that the roads that come into our city and stop every car and lead people to Jesus on the way in. He could do that, but he has, doesn't do that. He's chosen to use you and I. He's chosen to live through our lives, through our relationships, through our prayers, through our attitudes, through our love and our kindness, through you speaking and confessing the word of God over your household and families. That's how God's chosen to do it. So we can be fruitful for his kingdom and his glory. And the last one, he says, to always give joyful thanks. Just keep giving thanks. So he starts with thanks and he finishes with thanks. That's the sandwich approach. Thanksgiving, then the challenge, and then thanksgiving at the end. That's the best way to teach people in the journey of life. When I was a young, also on this, when I was grew up, we, didn't, we had drought sometimes, so we didn't always have lots of spare money. We always had food, but we didn't have spare money. And I remember in my childish mind, I think I was about grade two, which would have made me six or seven, my feet were growing fast. As you can see, they're a size 14, so they were always outgrowing my shoes. In my own childish mind, I knew we didn't have much money, spare money, and so my feet were outgrowing my shoes, but I wouldn't tell my mum and dad because I thought, well, they don't have the money, so I didn't ask. In the process, over about six months, my foot kept growing and my toes were getting bent over and squashed in my shoes and I've got one or two toes that were damaged in that process. Not severely, but they're not as straight as they should be and they got corns on them because I didn't ask. And then one day, mum were trying to squeeze my foot in the shoe and realised that I'd outgrown them. They found a way to get some shoes. But I didn't feel worthy enough or significant to ask, so I suffered unnecessarily. How many of us go through life suffering unnecessarily because we just don't ask out of faith? We just don't think we're worthy or qualified. But uh, there's something happens when we just step out and ask in Jesus' name. Something happens when we, we, we reach out and just believe in faith. And I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out in faith. Two more scriptures to wrap it up today in James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Two key things in that passage. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You don't realize what happens when you pray and keep on praying. I love hanging out with people that know how to pray. Mate, they stir your soul. Something, heaven comes down. Just like some of our worship team, when they start to play and sing, heaven just fills the place. Some people, when they pray, it's like something shifts. You move into a place of authority and faith. And I want to encourage you, keep growing in your prayer journey, in your relationship with God. And the second thing is, it says, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their, of their ways. 
Some people wander away for all sorts of reasons. Many of us have done it. But someone kept praying for you. Someone reached out to you. Someone connected and didn't give up on you. And I thought, how powerful is that? When we refuse to give up, but we reach out and rescue. In the message it says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Uh Uh-oh, we've all done that. Go after them. Get them back and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. Wow, how powerful is that? And I believe today... God's stirring our hearts that we all know people that have once known Jesus and have wandered away. Just ask God to connect with them, someone to find them, to bring hope back into their lives, praying them back into the kingdom of God. There are others that learnt the truths as a child, but they haven't really connected with them as an adult to live it out. Oh God, we just believe that you would bring them in, bring them back in. God says it's a very very powerful thing to reach out and rescue someone who's wandered away. And I believe God's stirring. Some of you right now are thinking of people that you know, thinking, I wish they were in church with us today. I wish they were living a a life of truth and freedom and righteousness. Don't give up praying for them. Say, God, help me to rescue them. Help me to connect with them. As we wrap it up today, I want to remind you that Prayer is a great privilege and a great responsibility. And the most amazing thing is when you pray, you end up changing. You notice when you start praying for the people in your neighborhood, God starts giving you ideas of how to reach them, how to help them, how to love them. You start praying for some of your family members and all of a sudden he starts to change your attitude towards them. You don't judge them or write them off. You think, God, you see them with new eyes. So I want to encourage this week as we do our 24-7 prayer, Just press into God. When we're praying together in our life groups, in our um, ministry groups, prayer is so powerful because you're bringing God into the picture. I am amazed. I meet people um, down the street or in airports or places, and I've learned that if, if I find out they've got a need, I sometimes say, can I pray for you? And they think I'm going to pray for them when I get home at night on my knees. And I said how about we pray right now? And sometimes they sort of look around, oh, really, now? Some of them are so desperate, they, they want prayer wherever. I said, I won't embarrass you. If, if needed, we'll just go to the side. And I start to pray. And rarely, after 20 seconds of prayer, are they not crying. And I said, no one's ever loved, cared for me enough to pray for me. I think, wow, God, help us as Christians to be just inviting God into people's worlds as many ways we can. I know some of you can't do that in the workplaces, but there are opportunities more than we realize for the kingdom of God. Let's stand together as we uh, just take some uh, the last few minutes of our service. We just want to make room for God's Spirit to touch our hearts. So I want to encourage you, prayer is powerful. And as something happens with corporate prayer, when a couple pray together, when a family prays together, when we join together in prayer meetings in church or with prayer partners, I want to encourage you, there's something powerful happens when two or more get together and pray because God's power is released. His faith is released. 
I want to encourage you today. He's, God has put some of you in places where you can help draw people back into the kingdom or you can reach people who have never heard the truth. I just thank God for the privilege of praying. And the easy way to start is giving thanks. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.